0: Happy Super Bowl Sunday! Finally, I'm excited about a Super Bowl! Not because of what you think. Not because I watch the Super Bowl, because I don't. But because I've never been at a church that held a Super Bowl collection. So it's with great enthusiasm that I get to participate today. And as for the soup, I was thinking, if only we could feed our relationships the way we feed those whom we don't even know. Today, we consider feeding relationships. You've heard it said, God is love. And love requires connection and harmony. Sometimes we get out of harmony with another person But God so very much wants us to be in harmony and to be happy. And when we have a relationship that is broken, there's a part of us that isn't happy, isn't whole. I think we've all felt this at one time or another, any age, any person. Today's scripture, which was very long, in part... The part I focus on this morning invites us on the road to wholeness. This topic is one that I feel is universal. And Jesus addresses it head on. For those of you who were here or visit us online uh, last week and or the week before, the scriptures have been coming to us from the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus shares very specific wisdom. Two weeks ago, we were reminded of the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. And last week, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Go and be that, make the world a better place. And today, today we're encouraged to heal broken relationships. Jesus connects this directly to the Torah, to the commandments, specifically, thou shalt not murder. I work with students. And as a chaplain for a K-8 Episcopal school, I teach world religions to fifth grade, children of all faiths. And in the fall, I introduce the Ten Commandments. And every year, I ask the students I say, choose, no matter your faith, choose one that is the easiest for you to keep and choose one that is the hardest. Now, curiously, I wonder if you could guess which is the hardest. Well, thou shalt not lie. That seems to be the hardest. But they don't much consider thou shalt not kill, right? Should they? I mean, they'll say, If I stepped on an ant, does that count? Well, as we learned this week in Buddhism, if your intention is to kill the ant, then yes, it counts. But if your intention is not, then you're okay. So overall, they feel that the sixth commandment, thou shalt not kill, doesn't apply to them. Um, Or does it? Or does it apply to us? Jesus is urging the people to consider what leads to murder, and that is anger. Anger can be deadly. Anger is, among other things, the root of a broken relationship can be. Jesus knows how very deeply God cares for us and for our hearts, and God wants us to be harmonious And so here, Jesus implores the people to stop, acknowledge the brokenness, and go to your brother or sister and make things right ASAP. And then come back to whatever sacred space or gatherings like this that you attend, like this one. So Jesus is sending them on a little errand, if you will. But it's not such a little one, is it? No. So how do we reconcile a relationship that's broken? Jesus didn't say how. He just said, go do it. We know how to do this, right? Do we? <laughs> I saw Well, today we're called to explore broken relationships wherein we are asking for forgiveness, not us asking for an apology. That's different. Jesus says, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you. So today we consider what is our part in the relationship break. So maybe this speaks to you today. Or maybe, luckily, you're not in that boat. But we all might be one day. And so Jesus is pretty firm about this. And I think it's worth exploring. But if you need to flip it today and contemplate who you need to forgive, then either way, it's all worth it. So let's take a moment to bring to mind a relationship that is broken. And what your role is, our role is in that break. For now, just bring one to mind. Just hold it there. Who is it? Is it an old issue or something new or something brewing? Is it someone you have access to? In some cases, the person might have passed on or isn't reachable for whatever reason. Nonetheless, hold this brokenness in your heart now. There are more layers involved that may initially come to mind, but I believe that four essential tools will lead us toward reconciliation and healing. So let's go through this. And when we're ready, as Jesus says, to go and do this work, may we, number one, be willing to be vulnerable. When we do this work, we're probably pouring our heart out. Vulnerability is not weakness. And some may think it is. It takes strength of spirit. We're surrounded by uncertainty. We need courage. We're taking a risk. We're stepping into the unknown and out of our comfort zone. And we might feel really out of control. Author Brene Brown says, vulnerability is the birthplace of love. That's good. Vulnerability is the birthplace of love. So, what we stand to gain is more love. Let's keep that goal in sight. More love. Number two, be sincere. When apologizing, be honest and be sincere and no buts. I have a whole different sermon for that. No buts. I call it say I'm sorry, no buts. Just no buts. Just stop with the I'm sorry. The buts. Aren't, they don't have a place here. And listen. Listen. That's number three because this is a two-way street. So be quiet and listen to the other person's heart and be ready to accept their feelings, whatever they are. And number four, trust. Trust that you are not alone because Everything that we do that is God's will for us is, from our baptismal covenant, with God's help. Always, with God's help. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13, one of my favorites. Lean on whatever you need to lean on to remember that God is with you in this. Everything is with God's help. You're not alone. So say whatever mantra you need to say as a reminder of you're not alone because you've got this. There are certainly more elements involved in reconciliation work, but I've narrowed it down to these four for the sake of our time together. Be vulnerable, be sincere, listen, and trust. All feels so obvious but I think sometimes we need to be reminded. So that's a bit of the how. Now let's explore the when and the why. So when do we do this? Well, Jesus implored the people, go. Like, stop, don't come here, go now. But we know that it's not always that easy. We know it, so let's consider when. In the church cycle right now, we're in epiphany. We're in the season of epiphany, a season of seeing things differently, I, I, like, I tell children all the time, you know, it's like putting on new glasses oh, and getting to see things with a new perspective. So perhaps this week and next week we do just that. We consider the broken relationship and we wonder about our part in it and we imagine how it might be healed. Maybe we even discern if we want to move toward the healing. And we consider the love that could meet us on the other side. What might that relationship become? Many, many, many years ago, I used to go see Marianne Williamson speak. If you know of her, her name, and she's an author and wrote a beautiful prayer book. And I'll never forget the time she said, you can forgive someone, or they forgive you. But that doesn't mean you have to do lunch. And I that always made me laugh. It helped, really, like, okay, you're right, right? It doesn't mean you have to do lunch. But then I had a very wise priest who looked at me and said, unless it does. And I did not like that. Lent is around the corner. Lent invites us into a period of deeper reflection and growing in faith and planting new seeds. So let's consider Lent maybe as a time to make an amend. There will be some different offerings here in the parish um, that you might want to take advantage of that you can bring this contemplation to. Until then, let's put it in God's hands. and, And I mean that. And intentionally lift up these heartaches to prayer and see where God leads us In heart mind and soul throughout epiphany you might be surprised so finally why why does this work matter I was imagining the difference of anything that is broken and what it's like when it's made whole again a broken bone a broken like fragile item something you love that can be fixed A broken piece of jewelry that can't even be worn a broken down car that can't be driven a broken refrigerator or heater or water tank items that we desperately need god forbid a broken down computer or phone how happy are we when these things are restored can we imagine that what god wants The most important thing to be restored above all those listed are our relationships with one another. Because when relationships are mended and restored, we will feel lighter and calmer and happier and more love. Jesus says go. Be reconciled and then come offer your gifts. When we do that, And then we come into these holy spaces, we come in more of our whole selves. We come in blessed and forgiven and renewed and reminded of Christ in our lives. With an example of, oh yes, I was supported during that work. We're uplifted and we're happier and we can go out into the world and we can be the light and we can be the salt. Now, Please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that if you don't do this work you won't be blessed or forgiven or renewed. This reparation work is so personal and so deep and for some it might even have an element of safety involved. It might not be time for you to go but I suggest that it is time to consider it And to pray about it and to notice where the Spirit is leading you. So be aware and trust your intuition and be careful and take good care of yourself in this work. Finally, this is a timeless issue. This need for healing speaks to us now, 20. 21st century. It spoke to Jesus 2,000 years ago, and it spoke to the earliest prophets and wisdom writers before Christ. Jewish people, since the commandments were given to Moses, have been steeped in these scriptures. Fast forward to the second century before Christ to a man named Ben Sira. He is the author of the first reading today, a reading from the wisdom of Yeshua, son of Sirach. Somebody said to me in the back, that's not in the Bible. I said, exactly, it's in the Apocrypha. It's in the Apocrypha. He wrote it in Hebrew um, from Palestine around 180 years before Christ, and it was written for students, young men, aspiring teachers, counselors. And it is the largest book of wisdom that we have about twice as large as proverbs and it's treasured practical advice with an emphasis on a deep desire for god in one's life and it's honestly so beautiful maybe you want to read Sirach in lent it insists that wisdom is a true gift from god it insists that one should pray regularly for wisdom and that one should seek the glory of god in all things You know what that means, in all people. It really invites the reader into meditation and to intentionally live your life this way. He writes this. It was God who created humankind in the beginning and he left them in the power of their own choice. And then today's reading begins in your bulletin. If you choose if you choose, you can keep the commandments. And to act faithfully is a matter of your own choice. They have been given free will, and they were given wisdom, and they were not alone, and they had a choice every single day to act faithfully and honor the commandments. Fast forward to Jesus. The Jews, the early Christians, they had a choice every day to act faithfully to honor the commandments. Fast forward to today. We have a choice every day to act faithfully and to honor the commandments. This is timeless wisdom. God knows our hearts. God knows our secrets. It says it right there in Sirach. God knows our secrets, spoken aloud or not. I have a young student in fifth grade who has some stomach issues and she has to get an endoscopy. And her mother told me that she's not at all fearful about being put under for the procedure, not at all. But what she asked the doctor was this. She said, when I'm under, will I talk in my sleep and reveal all my secrets? God knows everything, every action. God feels it when we're brokenhearted and invites us and sometimes urges us toward healing and wholeness. So maybe we're being urged today. When we try our best to mend a broken relationship, we are transformed. Regardless of the outcome, there is transformation. Maybe we do this more easily, maybe, when we release our hold on the outcome of what we expect from the other person and instead rely on the outcome that we are promised from God. We are promised more love. We are promised maybe even more love than we can imagine. That's the good news. That's the good news. We might not get the outcome we're hoping for, but there will be transformation of some kind and that is remarkable and that is a gift. That is God's gift to each and every one of us. Harmony healing, transformation, love. Amen.